Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Can I do this job? Oh, could I do that? Could I do that? Well, do you want to? I could, but do you want to? Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma, I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. This week's Shoot Your Shot shout out goes to Andres. He says, hi, I'm from Colombia and I applied for a job in an English company. I was super nervous when I called for my first interview, especially because I didn't know how was the culture of job interview in Anglo-speaking countries. Ah, so he's interviewing a second language. How challenging must that be, Em? It's challenging enough to interview in your first language. He said, the first one went great after listening to almost all of our episodes. Oh my God, he went through the whole thing. What a good student. And when I got to the second interview, I was full of confidence with all the tips and information you provided. I got the job and it's awesome. Thanks and blessings for what you do. You are life changers. I love wow. this. And Those big words. I replied to him and I said, bloody well done because A, it's so hard to land a job. B, I said, I can't even imagine what that's like transcending cultural barriers. So huge pat on the back to him and then he said that if we're ever in Colombia we can come and visit so you best believe I'm taking him up on that offer one day oh we'll be there soon oh my god I want to go to Colombia it'll be nice and warm there at the moment right yeah anyway so thanks Andreas Andres I'm sorry I'm not sure how you say your name I think it's Andreas Anyway, if you have an interview coming up and you need a little bit of support or you even just want to know how you can kind of go to that next level. So you might be confident already, but you want to tweak and get those 1% improvements to really smash the interview. I do one-on-one coaching sessions with people all around the world. I have lots of different time slots available for you to book in and you can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. And more importantly, that helps us keep this podcast going. It pays to keep the lights on, you know? This week's episode is about deconstructing a job ad. So you've read the ad. It has all these funny keywords, buzzwords. You're thinking, what does this mean? 
What do they want? What do I need? What's essential? What's just admirable? And also, like, do you even want to apply? That's kind of what I'm getting at here of how do you work out? Like, there's so many ads out there at the moment because everyone's looking for people. It's a candidate's market. And that means when you search a job, even if you're really specific on your criteria of salary, location, all that kind of stuff, there's still heaps of them. How do you actually work out which ones do I want to apply for? You've only got kind of what's on the screen in front of you to decide, is this worth applying or not? Do I want to work here? Do I want this job? And it can be really hard to work that out. I think it's not necessarily something that comes naturally and it's something that people can struggle with and not see the things that I would see if I was reading it. Right. So we're going to decode it. We're going to help you have Sarah's brain for five minutes. Here we go. So firstly, Sarah, what's your philosophy on job ads? If there even is a philosophy to be had on job ads. There is. It's so important. I feel so strongly about this. And if you ask anyone that's worked with me in an HR recruitment role, I'm so, so like strong on job ads. I will spend like a whole half a day writing a really good job ad. If it's for an important role, if it's something I haven't hired for before, it's so important. And I think a job ad can really change the way that you attract candidates. It can convince someone to apply who wouldn't otherwise. It can even help set expectations for people so that even if the same person applies, they know more what they're going into. I just think the power of a job ad is real. I've had so many people tell me that they only applied because of my job ad and the way that it was written. So I think they're really important. And I put a lot of effort into making sure that they're not only like attractive, but like true and a good reflection of what the actual job is. However, not everyone agrees with that. And a lot of recruiters, a lot of HR people, a lot of people who just post jobs, it might be managers and heads of or businesses and stuff, they just put the facts up there and move on. They spend five minutes slapping together a job ad. They don't even think about it much. They don't research. They don't get into the candidate mindset and they just move on. Or they copy and paste an old one. It doesn't have much detail. They just use cliches and things like that. The thing is with a job ad, I think a really, really great job ad that's well-written, it should help you really understand the role. It should paint a full picture of what that role does, its priorities, how it fits in with the business, what they're looking for. And it's a huge green flag when a company does that. But a bad ad could just mean a recruiter who has too much on their plate. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad job or a bad company. Which is unfair for us, the job seekers. I know, it's really hard. So you kind of have to be a bit clever about it. And I think there's a lot of content out there that talks about like, you know, deciphering a job ad. And we're going to talk about a lot of that now. But that's something I wanted to really get across is that normally it's just one person who's responsible for writing the job ad. That doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot about the company. It could be indicators, right? Like they're just, they're tiny, tiny little orange flags, you know, some of these things. But they don't necessarily mean that it's a bad job or not the right job for you. It's just kind of something to keep an eye out for. You want to work out what you can learn from the job ad. That's what we're here to do. Right. So like you said, you first have to start by knowing yourself and what environments you thrive in. So that's step number one. Work that out. What's yours? Where do you know you're unlikely to thrive? What about you, Em? For me, anywhere they say hit the ground running, you know, <laughs> no, immediately no. I'm not there. You don't like hitting the ground running? 
I like pressure, you know. You're walking. I, yeah, that's not to say I don't like a busy environment because my job in the newsroom is crazy and I work to hour deadlines and I enjoy that. Just if they say hit the ground running, it just gives me red flags. It sounds like they're going to throw you in the deep end and not throw you a life vest. So for me, that's where I'm not going to thrive. Probably a boring job. I mean, everyone probably doesn't want a boring job, but something, you know, I yak all the time. Some people do probably want like a really structured, predictable job. They actually don't want the stress. They don't want problems. I love the chaos. I love on-air chats. I love being creative. I love getting to write and the craziness of my day. I love that. So if it was a very rigid job where every day you do the same thing and there's systems in place and you report to people, not for me. Definitely for some people, but... Yeah, that helps to first know what you want. Yeah, exactly. I can't stand environments where there's a lot of red tape, where things take a lot of time to get done and you've got to get it approved over here and submit this here and follow the process and like no hate to those environments. It's just not for me. I like to change stuff, implement things. I get bored of it if it's going to take me too long to roll something out. It takes like 12 months to change anything. Like big, slow companies are just not my vibe. Super, super corporate stuffy environments, probably not my vibe either. And I think like global businesses, again, where you're so many levels from decision makers, I find that is just not my best. I do my best and I'm most satisfied where I can actually change stuff. That's what I really enjoy. So that's what I kind of look for. And it's, they're not red flags for everyone, but you might be the total opposite. But it's about knowing what environments you like in particular in order to look for those and the opposite in the job ad. That's it. So now that we know that, everyone go home, think about this, pause the episode, write it down, work it out, resume once you've done. So firstly, consider what is the tone of the ad? Is it super professional? Is it fun and laid back? Is it high energy? I did a TikTok once where I had to do the voiceovers for these different businesses and it said like, say, slow and intimately for one, whatever, whatever. And one that comes to mind is Planet Fitness. If you went to work for them, that is some high energy shit. That is. Right now for just $2 down a day, join Planet Fitness, no interruptions, blah, blah, blah. They want you to be off your head at work every day. (laughs) And what's a super calm, slow one? If you're working for a funeral home, that's going to be sensitive and and respectful and serious. Yeah, you're not running around like a chicken with its head cut off at a funeral home. Well, you might be. (laughs) You might be internally. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably not the overall vibe. It's going to be much more reserved and professional. Mellow. Yeah, different vibes for every company. And I think you can get a lot from the tone of how they write things. You can also see like, yeah, does it put you off? Like, do they call everyone superstars and say that you're a (laughs) rock star and you're incredible and all that people are amazing and they change the world? Like, is it kind of cringy? Some people like that. I like a little bit of that, but if it's too over the top where they have like pet names for people and I don't know, it's just things to look out for. Is that you? Does the vibe and the tone of the ad fit with you? All that kind of governmenty jargon and very corporate where they haven't really said anything. Like, I really don't like that. I want like, tell me what it is I'm going to be doing. Some people though come from those kind of corporate government backgrounds and that actually really resonates with them. They like the structure, they like the hierarchies. So work out what works for you. Just a quick note here as well on the job ad versus the job description. Now, a lot of people out there use these interchangeably. 
they're not the same thing. Em, what do you think the difference is? Have a guess. The job ad is maybe the title and the first couple of points that are like, you will have this, and the description is more like, you'll be fun-loving and preferred if you have a driver's license. Is that it? (laughs) I don't know. No, no. And I think that's probably pretty common for people to think that, right? And so many places, like how to understand the job description. A job description is a document that you have internally, like a position description, job description, those two are interchangeable. It's an HR document that says this position reports to, here are the key duties. It's normally like two pages or one page. It's like got company letterhead and it lists pretty much exhaustively all of your responsibilities, everything you'll ever do. Yeah, they love covering every tiny little thing you might do, isn't it? So that if you ever ask for a pay rise, they're like, well, it says in the fine print, respond to any things we may ever ask you and with a smile on your face. It's a pretty exhaustive list, right? The job description is kind of like the terms and conditions of a website or something, right? It's like the actual fine print. It's the actual detail. It's the PDS, you know, when you're getting insurance, they're like, please review the PDS. It's like the actual details, the manual of the job. The ad is like the billboard. It's the marketing. It's the ad that pops up on your Facebook. It's the thing that's designed to get you interested and involved. It's got enough information in it for you to look further and for you to go to the next step, but it won't have every single thing that you're going to do in there. And it's designed to be more of a marketing piece. Like again, I think it's like a billboard that you see that you're like, oh, interesting. And then you go and research more and find out more. So job description, different to a job ad. If they give you the full job description to review before the interview or whatever, amazing. It's got more detail, like get that, review that. Absolutely. But the job ad will be normally a little bit more of a condensed version. Some recruiters, some organizations treat them like the same thing. And when they're posting an ad, they just paste the job description. I was going to say, a lot of the time I feel like I just see like, you know, we're looking for this, blah, blah, blah. And then you click on the link and it's just the same thing. Yeah, but you wouldn't normally see the job description until you've started the job. It's not really a public document. The job description won't say we're looking for at all. None of those words are in a job description. Job description says reporting to the CEO, you will do as follows. And it might have you will align with our values. You will follow our code of conduct. The ad I'm saying normally would say a few dot points of your main responsibilities. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. And sometimes they've got lots of detail. It's just not the full thing and they are different just as a flag for everyone out there. So also look for cues on seniority. Did I say that right? (laughs) Seniority? Seniority. Seniority. Senor. Are we Mexican? (laughs) So yeah, you want to suss out the reporting line, the job title, the words that indicate how much responsibility you'll have coordinate versus manage. That's a good one. Coordinate sort of means like the person that runs around and does all the work and the manager goes, nope, don't like that. (laughs) Well, it's the level of responsibility you have. Normally, if you're coordinating something, someone else is in charge of it and you're just helping bring it together. You're dealing with the details. If you're managing something, you are in control of it end to end. You might have someone to delegate to or maybe you still do all of it yourself, but it's your responsibility to like, you know, coordinate training means book the room, print out the materials, like pour coffee, pour water for people or something like that. But manage training and delivery or whatever is like actually writing the content. What are you doing? The whole thing making sure there is someone to book a room. So I think that can give you clues on whether it's the right level for you if they don't have the salary. 
Also, you want to look out for how does the company talk about itself? This gives you a great clue on their culture as a whole. Are they fast paced? Will you hit the ground running? Do they sound very corporate and matter of fact? How do they talk about their people? We sort of touched on that, didn't we? And you've got your radio voice on. Do I? Yeah, you do. Just for that last little switch back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It is my job after all. (laughs) You did it again. Yeah, I know. That was on purpose. I'm storytelling, okay? Um, Yeah, I think how do they talk about themselves? Are they like, we're an amazing top tier? You know, are they a bit full of themselves? It helps. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. And you can read between the lines with some of the catchphrases. So lucky for you, we're a little dictionary. We're going to tell you what it really means. So we've actually grabbed some of these from this wonderful TikTok account that we'll link in the description. And she's a marketing person and she decodes some of these catchphrases into what they really mean. What a legend. So, Em, what about this one? You'll be a self-starter in a dynamic environment. What does that actually mean? (laughs) It means there's no processes and people quit all the time. (laughs) Uh, What about you'll have incredible room for growth? (laughs) This is tragic, but so true. You'll do the work of three levels up, but without the pay. (laughs) What about for the right candidate? It's not just about the money. We don't have any fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and the last one. Newsflash. Ability to meet strict deadlines with minimal supervision. You will never see your family and you'll have little to no support. (laughs) There you have it. What do you reckon? Do they feel real for what you've seen before? That is so bang on. The only one she's missing is hit the ground running means, yeah, they'll throw you in the river and walk away. They'll set you on fire and drink a cup of water next to you. They'll hand you a laptop and leave you on your own to suffer. And you won't get your email set up for you. And I think the thing is that some of those things are not necessarily scary to everyone. And also they don't always mean exactly what that translation was, but there's a bit of an indication of that, right? And if you're the kind of person that thrives with a lot of structure and you like having direction and process to follow, you're a bit like you like things black and white, you're not going to like that self-starter dynamic environment. That's not the right fit for you. But for someone like me, I'm actually not afraid of there being no processes. I'll be like, well, I'll make some. I'll fix it. You like to shake it up. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And in terms of like incredible room for growth, you'll do the work of three levels up, but without the pay. Maybe you're interested in that. Maybe you're actually looking to do that and get some more exposure and you were too restricted in your last role. Maybe you're a first year out of uni. Like that's quite appealing, you know, climb the ranks. You're just looking for any experience. You don't really care if you're not getting amazing money. And also it's not just about the money. This would be for someone who's a real passion driven person who's motivated by doing work that they really care about. Totally. So it's like you want to read between the lines of what are they really saying there? Like don't buy the marketing spin, but also just treat it as is this right for me? 
not like if anyone says that it's a red flag. That's not the case at all. They're trying to tell you about their job. So listen, you know, what are they saying about it? We forgot another important one, another common one. If they mention results orientated and KPIs more than once, (laughs) you might be heavily measured against targets. Yeah, totally. This is something I'm so blind to. One of my really good friends moved to Queensland and got a job in retail at a really popular store and they had KPIs and I was always a hospo girl. I was never retail. And she was telling me stories about the stress like a couple days in. When you start, they give you a low target like, oh, $200. $200. And then in no time, it's 2000 And I'm like, what do you mean? What if no one wants to buy things? Like I was so shook. And she was like, I know, I don't know. And then I was like, what if you help a customer, but then like they go to the till and because you have to track it and put it through as you that did that. And I'm like, what if someone else rings it up? And she's like, yeah, that happens. It's like this fight to the death thing. And I was like, that is not for me. You would never catch me in a job like that. That just, I could not think of anything worse. Totally. But for some people, they would love that. Hitting targets, feeling like there's a measurable way to show their, you know, success and progress. And that might just be a question for you at the interview. Like if they talk about KPIs and targets, but it's team targets, you might like that, Em, because it's like, come on, guys, we can do it. You know, it's all together versus individual targets. It's like, I want to help you, not work against you. Like it's better for you to stay there and me to stay over here and we can work together and get the customers served rather than me having to like chase this person to the counter to make sure that I get the sale. I think the biggest thing for me with job ads is if they've mentioned something more than once in the same theme, they won't usually use the exact same words, but it'll be the same theme. It might mean like agile and fast pace. They might say independent and hitting the ground running. KPIs and results orientated. Those kinds of things are a theme and they've done that on purpose. They've written it like that because it is a real focus of the job. Make sure you're listening. And also a good mindset tip here is to change your thinking from can I do this to do I want to do this. It's sort of just like the same old narrative we always say about how an interview is equally for you as it is for them. Do I, is this a good fit? Same thing. Do I want to do that? Not can I do that? That's right. I think you can easily go into, oh, can I do this job? Oh, could I do that? Could I do that? Well, do you want to? I could, but do you want to? Love that. We lose sight of that, don't we? It's just one big rat race. And also, is there honesty? This is a good green flag. Do they say some things that aren't all glossy and glamorous and amazing? That can be a good sign of transparency and that you can trust what you're going into. I like that. I always used to try and include stuff in like... Can you give an example of something like that? Yeah. I used to write in mine, if you don't like change, this probably isn't the role for you. Because the culture that I was recruiting into was very fast paced. It was like things would change a lot. Priorities would change. The organization as a whole was just very dynamic. Some people loved it, including me. Like lots of people loved it. But lots of other people came in and was like, oh, you told me last week that I had to do it this way. And you're like, yeah, well, that was last week. And so that kind of thing where they're pointing out someone who wouldn't fit or like, whilst we don't have this here's what you can expect from the role. That kind of thing that's like they've mentioned something that isn't attractive. They're being deliberately honest about stuff that's not flashy about the role. I actually can think of an example from a past workplace that was like an entry-ish level job and they, I know that they market it as it's not the craziest salary, but there's a lot of perks, you know, free things, events, the work perks. So... 
Yeah. That's sort of an example, acknowledging it's not the greatest thing. Yeah, it helps you understand that they've really thought about this job and what's kind of in it for you. There's also like a big message to kind of get from the job ad where a lot of times they're focused on finding someone who's literally come out of the exact same job at the exact same industry. And sometimes companies are looking for someone who's literally done the same thing five times before. But on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes you'll get a flavor of they're looking for someone stepping up. They're looking for someone who has had a different background. And you might get that in like what's required for the role. You might get that from, you know, you'll be someone who's just starting their career. It might say you will have delivered this in a similar industry. You can get the vibe for that. And I think that can be really helpful to match Does that match what you're looking for? If you're stepping up, but they want someone who's done it three times already, you're less likely to be a top candidate for that role. And are there too many requests or requirements? Does it sound like a huge job? What would be a guide of how many dot points? More than five or six? Or if you have to scroll? (laughs) Yeah, I think five is probably like, I don't know, it's different for every job. Just is it a lot? Compare it to the others that you're seeing. Like, is this one more than all the others that you're looking at. Yeah, hard to put a number on it. Yeah. Does it sound like you're doing four people's jobs? And are they looking for a unicorn? Now, does this mean something that just doesn't fucking exist? Yeah, it's a common term in recruitment. You often get a manager, and it's not the recruiters, it's a manager being like, I want someone with five years of experience who's happy with this low salary, who has these skills and also these skills in a completely unrelated area. And you're like, well, that's not going to happen. Why would they come to this job? You know, there's no reason for them to come if they've already got that. Like we're going to have to be a little flexible. And sometimes you can tell in the requirements, they're looking for you to have this whole laundry list of impossible skills. And you think, I don't even know anyone who has all of that. So if they're looking for a unicorn. Tell him he's dreaming. They're dreaming. (laughs) Such a niche Australian reference. It is, but our international listeners can learn something. So... The unicorn thing is like a tiny bit of a red flag of going, you know, are they looking for the impossible? But it can also be a flag to go, they're not going to find that. Therefore, maybe I should apply. I'm the next best thing. Yeah, maybe I'm close. You know, they're not going to get all of those things. Maybe I should put my hat in the ring. Also something to note here with requirements, the dot points at the top of what they're looking for and same with the responsibilities are normally the most important ones. That's how most people write ads and job descriptions and things like that is that the most critical, most key parts are at the top and as you go down, they're less important. And also a great tip is figure out how many you match with and if it's around half, don't rule yourself out. A lot of people might be like, oh, I don't have all of them, can't apply. Meh, no. It's flexible. Obviously, if you only have one, probably not. But if it's around half, shoot your goddamn shot. Yeah, exactly. And use that to help you decide whether or not you're going to apply, how much effort you're going to put in, all those kinds of things. But also, like at the moment, people aren't applying for jobs. Like unemployment is low in Australia. And like I'm pretty sure there's skills shortages around the world in different areas. They're not going to get that many applications. So maybe you should apply. Like maybe you should lower your standards from what they would be in a different market. And I mean, lower your standards in terms of like how many you need to match, not lower your standards, heighten your standards, if anything. Never good advice to lower your standards. So are there any benefits also? Do they list things that are normal as a benefit? Do you get a car park? Do you get a gym? Do you get a sauna? 
Do you get a membership to the box office cricket? I mean, yeah, obviously, like, do they have benefits for employees? But are they doing like, hey, this is what's in it for you? And they're like, you'll get training. You'll get to work from home occasionally. It's like, okay, those aren't really benefits. You'll get stressed. You'll get to learn and grow. Well, what is a benefit that they'd say that's a genuine one? Yeah, like, you know, we do gym memberships, we do team lunches, we do giveaways, we do bonuses, we do like actual benefits are obviously amazing. Not just a free cake biscuit, like a tea bun every second Wednesday. Yeah. And if they say things like, um, I've seen this in Australia, superannuation, for those in the US, that's like 401k. That's legally required. So for you to put that in your benefits is a bit like, well, I've seen people put annual leave It's like PTO. That is a legal right. I mean, obviously, again, it's legislated for you to do that. I don't need you to put that in the benefits. So here's how I feel about this. A lot of ads don't even have a benefits section. So at least they've tried to put some stuff in there. You know, like they can't control whether they do free car parks or lunch on Tuesdays or whatever. They've tried to put some things in there about what's in it for you. That's a good sign. Okay. Use that information as you will. A lot of companies don't even include like what's in it for you. They just go, here's what we want you to do. And then here's how to apply. There's no like understanding of why someone would want the job. Excellent. In terms of the application instructions and the process of how to apply, make sure you understand it, but also What can you learn about the company from their instructions? For example, Sarah won't apply for jobs with selection criteria. Controversial. Tell me about this. I hate selection criteria. What even is that? Where you have to reply, like write your resume and cover letter under headings, specifically answering a question. You have to say, how do you meet the criteria? Being like able to prioritize and organize things. And you have to like write a paragraph about that in order to just even apply for the job. Boring. What a waste of words. I know. It is. Exactly. It's often government. It's often large organisations. Here's the thing. I don't think it's a red flag for other people out there. But for me, I know that I will not enjoy working anywhere that has decided to require selection criteria. It's an indicator of the kind of environment that I'm going to hate because Nothing about selection criteria is modern candidate experience, modern ways of recruiting for jobs. Like it's so, so old school HR and I'm going to have to work in HR. So they're clearly... They're in the dark ages. Pretty traditional and that's not going to work for me. Prehistoric. Yeah. Listen to the difference in our language. I'm like fossil, prehistoric, and you're like a little outdated, not so progressive. Well, um. Government departments, like if you wanted to work in like national security or like something that was actually really interesting and cutting edge, you would have to do selection criteria. You know what I mean? So like for those jobs, it's not a red flag at all. It's just what you have to do. But for me, it means that my job will include doing that and like creating selection criteria and reviewing it. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to abruptly end this episode because it's been long and I've had enough. But That was pretty great. Yeah. Very last note, save the job ad. A lot of people forget to do this and then they get invited for an interview and then they don't have the job ad anymore because it's been taken down because they've progressed to interview stage. So screenshot it. Save it, not just like saving the link. Exactly. Screenshot it, print it. Oh, print. Nobody prints, Sarah. That's ridiculous. 
No, I don't mean print. I mean like print screen, like print to PDF. Right. Well, that was very misleading. You sounded like a dinosaur. Anyway, we'll be back in your ears next week. I don't print anything. (laughs) See ya. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that subscribe button in Apple or follow on Spotify, leave us a rating or review, or better yet, tell someone about the show. That's how we hit the charts and we can help even more people land their dream jobs. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at interviewboss. we've been your job search besties and helped you in some way there's a cool way you can support the show shout us a virtual coffee we get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa if you keep us caffeinated we can keep the content coming <laughs>